Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Pen Addict on 5x5. This is episode number 113. The Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and the analogue tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley and today I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. You totally forgot what episode number it was, didn't you? And you had to look. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> I think I would have said all of those things anyway. However, I mm. did forget and did have to look. So Yeah, because you, you, you usually drop it in on the first line, and uh, you dropped it in on the second sentence. I was like, Mike forgot what episode it is. Sometimes I like to just shake it up, keep you guessing. That's cool. That's cool. Keep me guessing, except I knew what it is because I'm actually looking at the doc on like, you, apparently. So I... I was saying to to you before we started today that I've moved room and I've kind of upgraded my studio. Yes. Now, my desk is currently a lot cleaner than usual. So I don't, I'm currently looking around and I don't have anything that I can fiddle with while we're recording and that is upsetting me greatly. Ooh, well, see, I am not at my normal desk where I'm normally fiddling too much for you and making too much background noise. I am actually on vacation at my parents' apartment and... This setup is like all new to me, so I have even more stuff to fiddle with. So is that going to bother you if I fiddle a bunch during this podcast? No. It's, well, okay. yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, I think you're the only podcaster that I know that records when they're on vacation. It's... I, I don't recall you ever taking a week off the show when you're on holiday. It's fun. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I. I don't know. I, I've never thought of it any other way, I guess. Like, if, if I was physically unable to do it, I would tell you, Mike, I am physically unable to record this week, and we would find some other way. But when I'm going to somewhere, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, go to my parents' house where I can throw my microphone and headphones in my backpack and have a real internet connection instead of a, a hotspot like at my house, I'm more than happy to take an hour away from the day and... uh get the podcast going but um it i will say it does get into the show planning as our, our my twitter followers found out this week well i want to thank you and also apologize to your family for you being here today <laughs> believe, <laughs> believe me they are happy to get rid of me <laughs> hey brad what time are you recording a podcast uh it's next tuesday oh, okay <laughs> They are more than happy to lock me in a w- away in a room for an hour. <laughs> it's no problem at all. You can ask them. <laughs> so I have a little story. Yes. So I am known in my office as the pen guy. People know me as the, the there, pen guy. There's always one of them. Yep, and I am that one. And the co-worker came up to me and said, Mike, I need your help. I have a pen. He used to work for an advertising agency, and that advertising agency work, uh, was a one of their clients was Jaguar. Mm-hmm. And he said, they gave me a pen and it's, he showed me, a, well, he didn't show me initially, he told me about it. He says it's got a black body and the cap is metal and uh, instead of a clip, like the, what would be in, pla- pa- in place of a clip was the Jaguar mascot, right? Like a jumping Jaguar. Mm-hmm. And he's like, gotcha. I have searched for years for a refill and I cannot find one. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, I said to him, bring the pen in for me, and I'll take a look, and I'm pretty sure that I can I can fix this problem for you. So then later on in the day, he brought it in because his girlfriend works in, in and around the area, and she'd been carrying it around because they're in her bag because they'd been going into pen stores or anywhere that sold pen supplies to try and find something to fit 
Wow. So he gave it to me, and I kind of looked at it, and I knew I'd, it was, I was in for a task. And then he said to me, I think I remember the brand name was Schmidt. <laughs> so I unscrewed my Retro 51, <laughs> unscrewed his pen, dropped the refill and screwed it up and put it back in his hand. And he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I literally was standing in front of him with, with my Retro 51 in my hand. And then I fixed the solution and uh, found some Schmidt refills on Amazon. And uh, he he's now bought some. And I hope in a couple of days that they'll they'll be the right ones. And uh, we'll sort that's, am- that's amazing. That's hilarious. It. <laughs> so I, I I must look like some sort of pen hypnotist or like a what, what like a pen whisperer. That's it. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. I'm the pen You're the whisperer. Pen whisperer. So that's like, yeah, it's like this superhuman uh, ability you have to <laughs> just uh, look at a pen and drop in the right me- right uh, refill, you know, make it appear out of thin air. The just one like that's that. actually in my hand. <laughs> it's like David Blaine. He's like, I, hey, I got a trick for you. I said to him, I said, you're very lucky. This is actually, in my opinion, the best refill you can buy. Like, yeah, really. And I have been, um, I mentioned this last week, but I've been using... Uh, one of my retro fifty ones, and man, I'm just in love. I'm just in love with it again. Like that pen yeah, is it's... so good. Do you know what I have realized though, Brad? Mm-hmm. Those uh, refills dry up. Yeah, so it, it it's funny you say that and have the same story about your your retro fifty one and, and the refill because my sister, who I usually only see once a year at my parents' house during the summertime, last year I gave her my orange retro 51 the tornado the lacquers edition and she loves it she uses it all the time she uses it so much she's running out of ink so we had the very same conversation about what refills do i need to go purchase because i love this pen so much and i love how it writes and i need some more refills to put in it so we had the exact same conversation and um it's funny my sister and uh is into pens and and things like that so it was a it was a good fit and uh i even put out a, a a picture on on Instagram last night. I called it the Vacation Pen Show, where me and my sister and my dad um, were the only ones that care about the pens laying around. So we, they, I had brought them a bunch of stuff, um, brought a bunch of stuff to my sister to give to her. Brought a bunch of my pens for them to try out, and you know my dad had uh, some of his knock cases loaded up with all his pens, and then he was telling me about new cases he wants us to design for knock. He's like, "I need this, and you you should make it." And I'm like, "Okay, chill out for a second. <laughs> but mine mine have have dried up just having not been used. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 haven't had... I had a couple in one of my uh, pen holders and sort of pulled them out, and they're not working. And it's like the it's the the tornado refill the P eighty one twenty seven or is that right? Yes, yeah, this one, is this is the other problem is when because they custom brand them. So yeah. I just to, just to keep things simple, I found on Amazon. I think they called the R R E F five P or something like that. Okay. Um, or it's like it's something five P R five P something along those lines. Um. That's what Retro Fifty One rebrand them. So I was like, let's just get these ones because I know they fit. Because I've got one in front yeah. of me. Yeah. So I, I, I've bought the Schmidt ones before after doing a bit of searching. But I was like, I'm not going to spend all day on this. Let's just get in these. Gotcha. So I want to put a link in the show notes um, since we're talking about this. Our friend Anna from the Well Appointed Desk did a great post earlier this week. It's called the Epic Refill Reference Guide: Rollerball, Gel, and Ballpoints. So this is going to be a good resource for everyone. 
and um, I will add this to the show notes, Mike, and you can put that put that in there. Um, and it talks a lot about those, um, you know, the, which which ones fit the Retro Fifty One, and you know, other oh. pins of that ilk and things like that. So, oh, Anna, we can always rely on you. Yeah, and it is um, an epic post. The uh, the title is not misleading. It's uh, it's wow. very thorough. thorough. That's she did quite a lot of research here. Yeah, this is hard work. I've been uh, I've been very impressed with this article, and it's a very good reference point. <clears throat> Excellent so. work, Anna. And then it also gives people to come up and mention in the comments section other additional things that they've tried that work. So it's uh, this will be uh, a very frequently visited post by myself, and I'm sure lots of other people too. So that's very cool. I wanted to add that in there since we're we're having all the all the refill fun. Good stuff. Yeah. So um, since we last spoke. Kind of some big things have happened in my life. One of them, well, the main one, being the launch of Notco. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. And um, I, you know, I'm normally not like the totally self-pimp guy, but, you know, I thought I would take an opportunity here to mention that to everyone since, because as my, one of my main tasks getting this store launched was getting the newsletter ready for you know everyone to know that the store is coming. The store is coming, and you know I've we've got this huge mailing list, and everyone's anxious to get the store going. And you know I I had one job to do, Mike, to get the launch of Notco to happen last Tuesday. And what did I do? I you screwed it up. I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I had one job to do. And I totally botched it. So I wanted to apologize for anyone who hasn't already yelled at me for messing up the date of the launch. Um, I'm very protective of my inbox. So I'm very protective of our newsletter subscribers inboxes. So I wasn't going to re-spam this uh, newsletter again five minutes after I did it the first time. So I just decided to eat it and corrected on social media and Facebook and, you know, Twitter and everything um, as I could. Most people got the news. <laughs> Some people didn't and they weren't happy with me. And I just apologize profusely. But I'm real sorry about that. But um, despite my glaring gaffe, that just, I mean, I don't know, I hit the button and within like two minutes, it was like my world just ended. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> the one the one thing I could typo a curse word in there that would be a lot better than missing the date of your store launch right yeah yeah I'm sorry buddy it, uh, it does suck that that happened it does suck but I, I I was really against resending another email to correct that luckily everyone caught on it then we we had a good time with it and uh, at my expense which was well deserved but I could tell uh, the tweets that were from you and the ones that were from Jeffrey <laughs> I was uh I was definitely more um yeah, I was a little uh, I don't know. I was the sacrificial lamb, so I just I took it. I took it like a man. So, yeah, you did well. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, anyway, the launch went really great and I thank everyone who has supported us for all this time. You know, I put up a post on the Pen Attic. Jeff put up a post on the 
on the Notco blog, and we're just really appreciative of everyone who's supportive who supported us and helped us, you know, with the Kickstarter. Without the Kickstarter, we couldn't get to the launch of the shop. And now that we finally turned it on, which is what everyone's been waiting for, we're finally, you know, amped up and ready to go and things are only going to move forward for here. So I wanted to mention that quickly and tell everyone thank you. Um, it, it went pretty darn well, I think, you know. Um, I was mostly nervous about like the back end stuff is the, you know, are the order is the shopping cart going to work with the payment process or going to work with the shipping and all this stuff is that all going to work and you know what we, it did it, it did it worked really well so i was happy Excellent. about that that's good that's good news yep I, I must say i was uh i came to the store late i don't know why um and was was upset to see that the the limited edition fodder stack was stopped was sold out yeah, Simply so let me, because I just want limited edition things. <laughs> yeah, so let me talk about a couple things, two things. One, I'll touch on that limited edition thing. We wanted to do something for the shop opening. And, you know, we only had a very – we were trying to build up our normal inventory as much as possible in the few weeks that we actually leased workspace, got everything up and running, and launched the store. I think it was a span of three weeks. So we wanted to commit as much time to building up the regular inventory as we could for the launch. But we also wanted to mix in just a little bit of something of a taste that, you know, you might, okay, you're seeing this now and you might know that we're going to maybe do some special things in the future. So that's what I don't want anyone to be disappointed that they missed out. Um, you know, there's going to be other things in the future that we're going to do. We just wanted to kind of do that just for a little opening launch type of thing. Hey, for the people that were paying attention, that got the cryptic message <laughs> and uh, were there ready, you know, they deserve, they deserve some sort of reward. <laughs> yeah. People that can read, uh, you know, I, I did have a bunch of people that's like, oh, I didn't even notice that. I, I didn't notice too. it. I was like, yeah. when I saw it, I was like, oh, Brad launches a store in two days. Yeah. Completely didn't notice that it said, which is weird, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, any other any other two months, it would have been an easy catch when I was proofreading it. I mean, you know, I read that thing ten times before I sent it out. And if it, if it was any other months besides June and July, you know, if it was July and August, there's no way I'd make that mistake. Or if it was May and June, there's no way. But those two months look so similar. Um, so yeah, it was kind of idiotic, but oh well. Anyway, these so, things happen. Yep. So aside from the limited edition thing, the second thing I wanted to mention is our regular inventory. So we built up as much as we could during the span of leasing the shop and turning it on. And at some point, we just got to turn it on. So going forward now, you know, we sold out of a bunch of items, but they're going to constantly be refreshed. Um, you know, Jeff's updating inventory at noon um, more than two or three days a week. It's sometimes every day we're updating the site inventory. So just keep checking back if there's a particular case you want and... Um, get in touch and we can kind of give you a time frame when it's going to be ready. So other than that, it went, it went super well and uh, was well, well received and a bunch of people are starting to get their products and, and the knock shots are flowing. So um, it's really cool. Now, while I was away, literally about 30 minutes before we started this podcast, Jeff pings me or sends a tweet that I see from the Notco account. Thanks. <laughs> our friends, uh, our friend Dan at Kara's custom sent us a gift oh. um, as a, a congratulatory gift for opening the knock shop. And we will have this in the show notes, which you can find at five by five dot TV forward slash pen slash one thirteen. Oh my God. What? So good. 
Yeah, you have to see this picture. So Dan, I know this is Dan. This is only Dan's doing. Only Dan could pull this off. Wow. Dan, Dan sketched out Jeff and myself, headshots of Jeff and myself, and sent us each a pen. And I knew as soon as I saw it, I know exactly which pen's mine because I've been clamoring for this pink bolt for forever. He sent one to Aziza. Why are we talking about this? Oh, yeah, we, that's why. I was like, why were we talking about this last week? Yep, yep. I think it's like the ultimate bolt color because I, I was saying this is the bolt is like the hardcorest <laughs> pen. You know, it's like this real totally serious business machined rough and tumble looking pen and it's got... It's anodized in hot pink. And I said, there's nothing more perfect than this heavy-duty pen in hot pink, and I need one. And lo and behold, what shows up today? So Dan sent me a, uh, sent me a bolt, and he sent Jeff a uh, two-tone Render K, which is just slick as all get out, mm-hmm. um, with a, 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 blue, um, a blue cap and then a silver aluminum barrel, which it looks really, really great. So thank you, Dan, and your uh, your images were were spot on. I totally totally want a caricature now. Yeah, I really want one. <laughs> That's so we'll to, good. We'll have to get uh, we'll have to get Dan on uh, caricature commissions. Yeah, he did an excellent job. <laughs> I actually I actually look way better in my character caricature than in real life, so I'm happy with mine. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, y'all go to the. Um, to the show notes and check it out. And then one more thing, you're gonna have to go to the show notes and check out. Right before we got online, uh, Andy Welfley, our uh, former guest and current wood clinched writer and erasable podcast host um, has been talking with his other host, Johnny Gamber, about making a, somehow this came up yesterday, they were talking about uh, making a podcaster cocktail. So that is live now. Um, We have, uh, we'll have the link to it in the show notes. You can get the recipe for it. I'm going to raid my uh, my parents' bar tonight. We need... All right, so what we need, Mike, is two ounces of Wild Turkey 101. What is that? A, um, it's a bourbon whiskey. Oh, okay. So I never heard, it's like never a heard of it. Jim Beam, Maker's Mark type of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I like bourbon. I've never heard of mm-hmm. Wild Turkey. Yep. A uh, splash of soda, a splash of maraschino cherry juice, stir together, perhaps with a pencil... And serve in a pint glass. I don't get the pint glass part. That's a little large. Everything yeah. else I'm totally on board with. Yeah, so... Um, could be yeah. a little bit more fruity, but... <laughs> it could be a little more fruity, like um, like um, official show mascot, Kanuni Renishin, um tweeted me right after I saw that. Right after I saw the um, hot pink pen, she's like, well, do you need a fruity drink to go along with that? Or do you need a girly drink to go along with that? And I said, absolutely, I'm on vacation. So, yes, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> the girlier, the better on vacation. That's right. The girlier, the better. So, that's that's uh, that's kind of been my uh, my week so far. You know, the vacation is going good. We got in the, the launch of the knock shop before, um, before I was able to go. And I was really nervous about that. Like, you know, do I need to delay my vacation? Is it going to, everything going to work out? And I was just really happy with how we handled the launch and everyone who helped us out. Um, and I bet they don't even listen to the podcast, but um, Ashley, Dino, Shane, and Amala, who all um, help us out at the Knock Shop. Um, we'll really appreciate them. And of course, Mr. Jeffrey Brookwicky, who is the the glue that keeps us, uh, cl- keeps us together. So um, it's been a busy, busy week for me since we uh, last recorded. So uh, 
a lot going on. So I'm, I'm happy to get in this episode so we could talk about all this fun stuff. Really proud of you, man. Thank you, sir. It's amazing. Really, really awesome. It's really cool. It's, um, if you think about it too deeply, like it doesn't make sense, right? It's like, did this really happen kind of thing, but, um, it's happening and it's, uh, upwards and onwards. You're a real business owner. Yes. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Speaking of real business owners. Oh, our friends. Yes. Time to talk about some friends. This week, joining us again to sponsor this episode is our friends over at Pen Chalet. Let me tell you about Pen Chalet, but keep listening because they have an incredible offer for you today. So you know Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, ballpoints, fountain pens, mechanical pencils, and so much more. Like if you want to take a look at pen carrying cases, pen holders, maybe you want refills or fountain pen converters. Well, they've got it all. Pen Chalet sells limited edition pens, as well as all those fantastic accessories, and they have pens from your favorite brands like Pelican, Monteverde, Pilot, Lamy, Namiki, Sailor, and Kaveco, and they are, of course, an authorized dealer of them all. Brad, have I got all of them? Have we got any more today? I, I think you got them. There was, I don't good. think there was any new additions, but I'm also on vacation, so I haven't been totally tracking it, but I think you're in good shape. But they're always adding more over time, so this will yep. always keep changing. As, as It was Kaveco, right, that's just been added? Lamy. Lamy, that was it, Lamy. Pen Chalet have very fast and reliable service, and they run special discounts twice a month, including closeout specials every two weeks, and they're always adding new styles of new pens every single month. You'll get free shipping on orders of over $50 in the continental United States, but they also sell internationally with very reasonable shipping rates. And don't forget, they are based in the United States, so if you are in the UK or in Europe, you're going to benefit from the exchange rate. Don't forget that, and that's always really important. Um, so you can kind of take, I mean, if you're in the UK like me, it's like 75% of that price. So it's good. Pen Chalet has low prices on high quality pens and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Um, I ordered from them myself recently and had forgotten to include a gift note. I sent an email to Pen Chalet and they responded within, within about 10 minutes to say, yeah, we'll put one in for you. I was nice. blown away um, because it was just of how quickly their service was and they put the little gift note in uh, that I wanted. So this is what you need to do. Go to penchalet.com and you want to use the code PENADDICT, that's P-E-N-A-D-D-I-C-T, to save 10% on your order. Or this is the important part. Click on the podcast link at the top of the website. That's penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. And you want to enter the password, PENADDICT, for even more savings as well as your 10% off. And you're going to see, when you go there, you're going to see a bunch of really cool special deals that you can only get as a listen to the show. But we have an extra special offer today from our friends over at Pen Chalet. So go to penchalet.com, hit the podcast link at the top, enter the code PENADDICT, and you're going to be getting a special offer on the Pilot Falcon F-A-L-C-O-N, Falcon Fountain Pen. Now, this is only for listeners of The Pen Addict. This is a complete exclusive because of these fantastic savings you're going to get. So, the pen is discounted at 30% off. That's at $126. But then you can also use the code PENADDICT at checkout, and you're going to get another 10% off. You're going to get free shipping in the United States. So, the final price of this pen with shipping, if you use the code PENADDICT, as well as going in through the podcast link, you're going 
going to get it for $113.40. Penshai have warned us, they have quite a few on hand, but if it's anything like how you guys have previously been with them, they're going to sell out. But you can continue to order because... Uh, the guys over at Pen Chalet, they are making sure they've got some coming in, so you'll be waiting a couple of days, maybe a week at the very most, and they'll get that order out to you. So you want to check this out. This is a Pilot Falcon. It's a special for Pen Addict listeners, and Brad is going to tell you all about why this pen so awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think I can explain how good of a deal this is without me telling one of my patented long and rambling stories. So are you ready? Totally ready. All right. So, friend of the show, Mr. Thomas Hall, um, who has loaned me a vast majority of his collection of pens to test out when he found out, you know, uh, the when he found the Pen Attic blog and I was starting to get into, pen, in, into fountain pens and he saw the types of pens I liked and we kind of had a lot of the same taste. So, he sent me a bunch of his pens that he, of, that he had that he thought I would like. One of the first ones he sent to me was actually the Pilot Metal Falcon. That's not what we're that's not what the deal is today for the Pen, pen Chalet. They're selling the Resin Falcon and let me tell you why it's even awesomer than the Metal Falcon. I love the Metal Falcon, but it's about $220. Um so I was like, you know, I love the nib. The Falcon is a flex nib pen, okay? It's not a traditional nib pen. It's got a lot of flex in the nib. Um it allows you to get this crazy line variation and so i like the metal falcon but i really wanted the resin barrel which is what this is at the time in the u.s and this is probably two years ago the only option for the namiki falcon was the black resin barrel with the gold trim and of course i'm not a huge fan of that style so i held off and then Thomas emails me like, I don't know, maybe six months after I've reviewed his Metal Falcon. He said, hey, Pilot in Japan just came out with the um, silver-plated furniture on the pen. Um, I guess it's rhodium-plated. Sorry, I should say that. You know, the style that I like with the rhodium clip and the rhodium band across the barrel and just all the you know the the rhodium looking trim instead of the gold trim I was like yes that's the one I want and let's do it and so what we had to do was we had to order them from a company in Japan because they were not available in the US at that time I got what was a good deal from Japan ordering pilot pens is generally cheaper you take a little bit more risk and you know the shipping and the companies you're dealing with you may not know them as well and I was happy to pay, I think I paid $140 for mine to get this pen. Made, might have even been $150, and I was more than happy to um, pay that price. Now, the rhodium trim is available in the U.S. from the U.S. pen vendors, and it's not some crazy price like you would expect a lot of the pens that are mainly originated in Japan and then brought into the U.S. market by Pilot. Sometimes they're really, you know, 30 to 50% more expensive for whatever reason, reasons I don't know. I love this pen so much. This is, I'm on vacation. My sister asked me to bring some pens for her to check out. This is one of the six fountain pens or seven fountain pens that I brought for her to look at. I love this pen so much. 
and it's you're going to get it for about 30 or 40 dollars cheaper than I paid for it from Japan when it first came out just because I had to have it and I couldn't wait. I didn't know at that time it was going to come to the US. So for Pen Chalet to offer the Falcon, the resin barrel Falcon and the gold trim or the rhodium trim for $113 shipped is ridiculous. Um, I, I, it's crazy. Do you suggest the fine nib? So I have the extra fine nib. And the people who I've let use this pen, they always say, I wish it had, I wish it had more flex. Or I wish the line width was wider. Because the benefit of flex is to see that line width variation. Right? So uh, my only experience has been with the extra fine. And I love it, but just as a writing pen and with a little bit of flex, it gives me a little bit of line variation. But I think, you know, maybe with more very, uh, a wider nib, you're going to get a little bit wider line. You're going to see that ink really pop off the page, the shading of the ink pop off the page more, and then get a little bit wider with variation. I don't know, with, with the extra fine, you can write so fine with it, it's probably a... How would you say it? It's probably a greater percentage in line variation, but the maximum width of the extra fine is still reasonably narrow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just asking before I complete this checkout process. <laughs> yeah, I would go with fine or medium probably if I got another one. I think I'm going to go with fine. I've been enjoying fine, finer lines recently. So is that what you suggest? You think I should? Do you think yeah. I should go with a fine? I think you should go with a fine. Okay, well that's, that's although this is a this then. is a oh. Japanese fine. Oh, so, so what should I do now then? I don't know. You could you could go for a medium. I wouldn't go broad though. No, I wouldn't go broad either. What do you think, fine or medium? If you think you're gonna flex it, then yeah. I'd go fine. If you think you're just gonna write with it, I'd go medium. But if you want it for flex, give the medium. I mean, give the fine a shot. That's what do fine. you mean, like for flex? So this. You're getting this pen for a reason. This is not a stiff nib pen, right? So when you write with this pen, the more pressure you put on the nib when you're writing, the more the tine spread and the wider the line gets. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like fun. I don't have any pen yeah. like that, so I'm going to give yeah. that a go. Yeah. Go with fine. All right. Well, it's on the way, so... <laughs> I could, just a, hearing you talk about it I'm like because then I went to the page and I remembered you reviewing this and I was like yes. yeah I want that but then I yeah. looked around at the time and it was going to be a fortune for me to get it but yeah this is this is a better deal than the 205 the Pelican M205 which was an extraordinary deal this is a better deal I love this pen with with all my heart. No, it's it's a really good pen. This is one of those pens that's um always inked up. This is this is the pen I use my very shading shaded inks in, you know, so I can get that really wide range of color in the ink because you can go from a very fine line to a very wide line. So Sounds like it's fun. Good. I'm excited to receive mine. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, be. this is still the sponsor. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet for their <laughs> continued support of this show. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T dot com. I love it when a sponsor also then becomes a topic. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I would ramble. I mean, if I wanted you to ramble. Yeah, but still, you know, I just, yeah, 
sometimes I can't stop. You should definitely go check this out. They've still got fantastic deals on stuff like the Pelicans and, and, and all that great stuff, but um, you want to go and get these quickly. The quicker you get there, the quicker you're going to receive it in the post, especially because yeah. me and Brad might buy them all first. So Yeah, and, and just know that Mike has already stolen one before our listeners. Just yeah. keep yep. keep aware of that. Yep, that's how I roll. Sorry, that's guys. How he rolls. No problem. All right, so we have a pin blog of the week, which is not a strict pin blog, but a blog that I've been following, I think, since day one of Pin Addict, and that is Doodlers Anonymous. And I think a lot of people are familiar with Doodlers Anonymous, but a lot of people aren't. So I wanted to bring that to attention. Um, what they do is they just they accept doodle submissions from people all over the world, and it's become a really big thing. I mean, the site has grown and grown and grown over the years. Um, you know, I, I'm just looking at some of these posts. Like, just if you look at the posts and see how um, active they are, like a post gets, you know, 900 and something likes on Facebook just for a um, blog post about a doodle or a book or something like that that someone's created. And I've talked to the founder. His name is, he goes by Ocat. He's the founder slash editor of Doodlers Anonymous. I've talked to him several times over the years. He is a huge fan. His favorite doodle pen is the Uniball Sino 207. And I think he uses the 0.7 millimeter. So um, he's a big pen guy, and um, he's a really nice guy. And you should definitely check out Doodlers Anonymous um, to check out all the cool artwork that everyone's submitting. And uh, they're all over the place, and they they do different things every year. Like for a while there, they were doing like a um, coloring book every year where you could um, get some of their favorite artists that were doing doodles and making a color book, coloring book, and think things like that. You know, that were cool for the kids, but. It was uh, it's a great site, one I read daily, and uh, there's always something cool on there. So check out Doodlers Anonymous. Um, we don't necessarily have a main topic today, Mike, okay. just because uh, you know I'm in vacation mode, so my brain was not able to put all that together. You know, we just had uh, you know, kind of do some one huge topic, so. I have a little bit that I wanted to follow up on uh, some more from previous podcasts and then had a few questions from Twitter followers that I reached out to yesterday um, just to see what they want to hear us talk about. So how's that sound? Yeah, do it. Let's go for it. So last week we mentioned it was almost in passing. We did talk about it for a minute, but we talked about the Chronodex system that's um, spearheaded by Patrick Ng of Scription. And we reached out. I think I said, hey, if anyone uses Chronodex as a system, shoot me an email. Let, let me know what you think. I got a handful of emails, and they just weren't regular emails. They weren't like, hey, I use Chronodex. It's great. It was hundreds of words, passion pouring into this system that people just love. It was, like, really, really... <laughs> ingrained into the people that were emailing me. So I was like, okay, I got to look more into this. So I put together a few links and I still haven't like totally figured out this system, like to the core, you know, I, I, it's still a little bit intimidating to me at this point, but you know what? At some point fountain pens were intimidating to me too. So mm, I remember if I, um, you know, put some more brain cells on this, you know, I, I think I can figure it out because what it does, it allows you to have, we, we've talked in the past about you and I 
and things like um, planners. So like I tried the Hobonichi planner this year and a bunch of people asked me about that um, and how's that going. And we, you know, we got the tweet about, you know, how are our New Year's resolutions going and things like that. And I talked a few months ago about how I failed miserably at the planner, but that has nothing to do with the Hobonichi brand itself. You know, it's an awesome product. It's it's an elite product. I just can't use a system very well where I have to go to today's date and fill out those things for that date. It's just not how I, I don't think it's how my, my brain works. Like right. I just start new pages where I need them. Like Exactly. But maybe it's because I've never used something rigidly enough. But Right. So I think you and I are the same in that aspect. So Chronodex is date, it's date based still. So you, you use a specific day, but you do a more visual representation of what your tasks are that day or the things you have planned for that day or even to-do list. I mean, it could be anything. So we've put a, I've put together a bunch of links in the show notes for those that are interested in the Chronodex. And, you know, I'd love to hear if someone tries this out who's never had any experience with it and, and takes the plunge. So what you can do is there's a few things. So we'll have the link into Patrick Ng's introduction, basically, to Chronodex. And the reason behind it, some general tips on how to use it. And I want to make a point of mentioning that Patrick does all this for free. And at the time when he introduced this, this was 2012 or late 2011 for the 2012 year, his he was going through some tough times with his father being ill. So he said, you know, I never want any payment for this and I never want anyone to use this as a product of their own and make money for it. But I'm asking for your prayers for my father who's going through this illness. So I thought that was a really great thing. You know, he's he's pouring all this in, giving it away for free and just wants you to pray for his dad, who's really, really sick. His dad ended up passing in 2013. So Patrick has still continued to update this, continued to make all these um, files available for free. And his mom got really, really sick. So now when you download that, he asks you to pray for his mom. And I think that's the least you can do for all the hard work that Patrick puts in to making this Chronodex system what it is, making it available, keeping it updated, like in current to the years. Um, So that's the least you can do. So one, you need to read the story behind why Patrick did this. Secondly, you can look at the download of the current 2014 um, Chronodex. And if you're brand new to the system, if you have no idea what's going on, Patrick has like a full description in the border of this PDF that you print out for the Chronodex. So what you do is you download this file. Let me pull it up right here. It's a big PDF. It goes from, uh, what's the date on this one? This is the second half of 2014. So the last six months of 2014, he has it formatted. He's got the dates. He's got the Chronodex um, laid out for you. You just have to go in, print this out, and he has the instructions on how to cut it. He's a huge Midori Traveler's Notebook fan, Mike. So he's designed this for that. 
and other people have taken this style and modified it to other notebooks and they believe in the same thing that Patrick does. They believe in, you know, their modifications. They're giving them all away for free. So you print this out and then he has a full instruction set on the first page in the, um, in the sidebar. So it tells you how to use it, um, what you should be thinking about when you're using it and how to nail this down into a system that works for you. It still may, may not be a system for you and I, Mike, but the passion I got behind the answers to last week's question made me realize there's really something behind this that people like really live for this system and it's really changed how they plan their days, plan their lives. Um, so I wanted to gather all these links up, get as much information as I can and put it in the show notes. And then, so we've got the Facebook page in there. We've got a couple of reviews on the system, on the Chronodex system in there. So if you're interested at all in a different planning system, check this out. And yep. uh, I'm a huge friend of Patrick. He's a friend of mine. Um, and the thing that's always struck me with the Chronodex, Mike, is how a filled out page looks. It's stunning. It's literally beautiful to look at. The images that you'll see of people's chronodexes who have filled out, I'm such a dork, I could frame some of those and put them on a wall. They look so cool. They look exactly like the type of thing that I like. So I still don't know if I can work with a date-based system. You know, that's just a personal thing. But anyone who's looking for something like this, take a look at the chronodex. And um, it, it's just pretty cool. And I wouldn't have talked about it again if people didn't reply so strongly about how much they love this system and how much it's changed how they work. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I think you mentioned like, you know, why people should maybe consider trying it. I think if something has an effect like this, like if, if it has the ability to change people's lives then it's definitely worth a go. But as well, like if you think that you want to have a new system then maybe if this you should give this one a go if people have seen such success with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just it's a different way of looking at things. And you know, I'll let everyone know if I commit to this and, and try it. I'm I haven't yet, but I'm keeping it on the radar, if you will. And I've got some plans uh, up my sleeve that might be able to work this into. So I, I think I want to try it. I. I need to read up more to learn how to use it. It's it's totally intimidating to look at. So I just got to get past that part and then uh, we'll see how it goes from there, really. So excellent. All right. So aside from that, we got a bunch of questions um, that I just wanted to go through real quick. And one of them has come up several times and I didn't necessarily attribute it to one specific person, but I've talked about it in the past. And I wanted to ask you, Mike. And I, I know we've talked about this, but I can't remember if I asked you specifically how you handled this. But I've noticed with myself, for years and years and years, I used gel pens, rollerballs, ballpoints. And when I used those, I had a certain writing angle that I used with those pens. My writing angle has always been more vertical. Like I, the the pin barrel is more vertical to the page. I'm showing I'm showing that to the microphone, by the way. Like if this was on the video, the microphone could see it. Yeah, That's I'm good. holding my pin up vertically to the microphone. <laughs> so I I have to use visuals when I'm talking. So I had a very vertical writing style. 
with fountain pens, you can't really do that, right? You by the by design, you have to have more a more shallow angle of approach, if you will. Um, the pens laid back a little bit more in your hand, and it's a little bit lighter pressure and a little bit more flowing. So what I found that's happening with me now, after about two years of heavy fountain pen use, when I go back to gel ballpoint rollerball pens, my angle of approach has completely changed. My writing is not as good, and then I have to force myself back into this more upright stance, to upright uh, posture to get this pen to write well. Do you notice if you have two different writing angles of fountain pen and non-fountain pens? I don't think that I do. I've never noticed it. It would surprise me if I did, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe it's so subtle that I wouldn't notice it anyway. I'm sure there is some difference, but I think it's pretty subtle if, if it does exist for me. Okay. Or maybe yeah. maybe it's vastly different and I've just never noticed and now all I will ever be able to do is notice it. <laughs> I think I think you would notice because it's pretty apparent that if I go from a fountain pen to a Pilot Hi-Tech C, I, I can't hold them and write with them the same way at all. Right. So I, I'm wondering if other people experience that too. So for me, it has totally changed and I have my penmanship is now worse with gel ink pens than it used to be because my writing angle has completely changed because I use them a much smaller percentage of the time than with fountain pens. So, anywho. All right, I got a few few Twitter questions for you, Mike. Cool. So this one's, this one's from Design by MK. Do you use summertime ink colors? Do you change your fountain pen ink color based on the season, Michael? No, I've not changed my main colors in a long time. Same here. I do. I use bright colors to begin with. Yeah. And so when it comes around to the fall, I tend to not change them. So I'm using, I use spring, summertime ink colors all the time. If I would change, it would be in fall and winter. And I don't, I stick with the main colors I, I like. I still use the bright blues like uh, Sailor Sky High, Konpeki. I use the oranges that I like, like apricot, Sailor Apricot, and then a bunch of blue blacks. I kind of have this, I don't know one big pool of inks that I pull from and they don't really change with me for the seasons, but I know a bunch of people do. Um, a, a lot of people, you know, definitely get into the deeper colors in the fall and the brighter colors in the summer and the pastel colors in the spring, things like that. That's never been a thing for me. I just want to use the colors that I like the most all the time. So I'm the same. Yep. This is from Jim DeBeer. Where do you buy your pins from Mike? Which eBay sellers, local retailers, online, etc. We also had a follow-up question to that. Someone was asking about British pen shops, uh, pen shops in London today. Yeah, and that's, I have that, no answer. That's a tough that. deal, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough deal. Never found a good. I'm sure that they exist, but my searching has has not yet turned up a good answer. Um, I mean, I think I probably used the standard places. I mean, you know, as well as like uh, Jet Pens and Pen Chalet and. Um, where else? Where is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is this is one. There's no, there's no magic here. We pretty much talk about all the places we shop from all yeah. the time. But then I, I do is, use you know, UK people like Colt Pens, and yeah. I use um, the Writing Desk. Mm-hmm. Co. UK. They're really great. Yep. Um, and, and I use uh, Bureau Direct mm-hmm. as well. I'll put those three in the show notes because I mean I think the other ones everybody knows about, but. 
For yeah, between like for me on my, on my side of the pond, it you know Jet Pins, Anderson Pins, Goulet Pins, Pin Chalet. Um, I've bought from every single one of those uh, this year, and um, I don't. I stopped using. I I don't use eBay very much to buy pins. Um, yeah, mine's in like a, can't get it anywhere else. Yeah. And local retailers are tough. Whenever anyone ever comes to Atlanta, there's like maybe two places I can send them, um, which is Art Light and Total Office Products. But I haven't been into those shops in I can't tell you how long. So I, I don't even know the the status of them now. I mean, I know they're still available. I mean, they're still you know in business, but I haven't been to them in years. Online seems to be where it's at. So I'll put them all in. They'll all go yeah. in the show notes, just in case people are yeah. uh, unfamiliar with any of them. Yeah. If you have specific, more specific questions about that, Jim, you know, hit me up and, and I can definitely uh, guide you. You know, there's probably a few more things I could I could add in there. So if you're looking for something specific, um, let me know. And I can also tell you which eBay sellers I've used in the past that have worked out fine. So If, uh, if you live in the UK, um, or at least in Europe, Look at some deals on paper. There's a store, I think we may have mentioned this, called The Peppery. We didn't, but I know where you're going with this, so go. Um, they're closing down. Mm-hmm. Um, so currently they're, they're clearing out stock. I only thought to go there today. Um, a bunch of people have mentioned it to me, but I hadn't got around to it. And uh, they they were selling drink local for £4.50 a pack, which is nothing. Wow. Um, and I've missed them. <laughs> <laughs> it's my Way own fault. I yep. think um, I, I saw somebody mention, I believe, that someone's retiring. Yeah, I, I think the the um, the couple that runs the company are retiring. Something to that. So something I think that if that is the case, fantastic. Absolutely. That's the way to go out, right? Yeah. And now so. they're, they're passing the saving on to you. <laughs> So go go there. They've got they they do some really great brands, um, and they've got some pretty good deals. If anything is still available, I mean, they've got anywhere between thirty. Well, this it's actually at least thirty percent off everything. Yep, like ev- it's insane. Like you can get <laughs> you can get like Rodian Rodian notebooks for the price of a mini. Like it's you know it's wow. it's nothing. That's crazy. So one of your country, country mates, Stuart Hasley, he wants to know how I keep track of all of my inks and pens. How do you record and archive them? Do you do anything to that effect, Mike? No. Yes. Yeah, so let me tell you how I re- record and archive all my pens and inks, Stuart. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much, I, I'm no um, just Davey B, who I always am impressed by his database full of pens and inks and rotating them uh, on a certain schedule. That's seriously impressive. I will never do that because that's not in my mental capacity to handle. The only thing I do is I sort my inks by brand. So all my pilot inks sit together. All my sailor inks sit together. I do that. And then my fountain pen storage is done by region, if that makes sense. So I do have my Japanese pens together my German pins together, my American pins together, things like that, as much as possible. I'm not totally anal about that, but just I know if I'm looking for a pilot pin, I know generally where to go look for it. Um, and then all my gel rollerball ballpoint pins are usually just sorted out by ink type, just like that gel rollerball ballpoint. It's really, I don't have any kind of system whatsoever to do, but if you want a system, 
go read um, Just Davy B's site, which I can't even think of the name of it right now. He's changed it so many times in the past year, but um, you know where to find him. All right. <laughs> I like this out. one. I'm finding out. Yeah, yeah. It is probably just Davy B. Me. It, he, he's gone back and forth. He will laugh when he hears this because he changed it and was all adamant about the change. And then I think within a month had changed it again. Yeah, I think it's just Davy B. Me. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. I mean, we, could, right. we could be sending another Davy B who also likes pens. Yes. Yeah. So, no, he always he updates every time he changes the pen but there is a specific method to the madness of why a new pen is in the rotation and why it is loaded out with the the ink that it's loaded out with it is very specific so it's very cool so ash to pen on twitter said did you ever hear anything more from the people behind that scribbler pen (laughs) hashtag inquiring minds (laughs) Um, no, no, I never heard anything behind anymore from people behind that scribbler pen, but I did get a couple interesting theories in my mailbox, Mike, hmm. and I'm not prepared. Um, I don't have it up in front of me, but there's something called, I got an email and these are all just, um, theories. This is nothing factual. What I'm about to say, people had some ideas on what's going on with the scribbler pen. One of the ideas is that this is a something called have you heard of the lean startup, Mike? No. So it's a book, I believe, or it's at least a course or it's some silicon valley thingy about the lean startup to where you do this product testing before you have a product. So they believe the one of the emails I got believes that this is a test to see do we have something before we invest in making this something okay so that was one theory the second theory is that this is a take on and oh boy i i don't have the link to this in front of me it there was a gentleman that came up with this idea several years ago um Excuse me, Mike. Um, let me see if I, I'll find the link while we, we continue on with the show notes and we'll circle back around to it. But there was a project, like a school project, where a guy made a pen or a prototype of a pen and maybe even patented this type of pen to go out and read colors in the real world and then come back and put them down on paper. You know, that would color match it, right? Just like the scribble pen. Um, I'll try to find the link that I, I can send to you. Um, so that was the two theories that it's either one, this lean startup test to where they're testing to see if they have a viable product and want to move forward, or it's a take on this existing, I think it might even be patented um, product that someone came up with several years ago and they want to take it to market. But did I ever hear anything back from anyone at Pen? No, they stopped answering my emails and I stopped sending them. So I'm good with that. So JTower42 wants to know about the best pen ink nib combo combo for fun shading. I'm just getting into stub nibs and need to know more. You can't go wrong with any stub nib. I I haven't met a stub nib that I don't like. I like the Twisby ones. I like the Lamy ones. The Lamy ones are very stiff and sharp. The Twisby ones are very wide and smooth, depending on what you like. I like Pilot stub nibs. Um, for shading, I really like the Noodler's Apache Sunset. I like the oranges for shading. 
and then some of the blues um, that's shading, like something like um, Edelstein Topaz is a really bright turquoisey blue that's got a lot of shading and it also has a sheen to it so it's got a red tint to it in the color variation so those are some of the nits, those are some of the inks I use when I use a wide nib pen that I want to see the shading or a flex nib pen um and he also asked where's the best safest place to sell pens that I don't want to keep anymore I actually get this question a lot Mike and there's really only a couple of answers one you can try the eBay route which I don't do so I can't really comment on that but the real place to go seems to be the Fountain Pen Network Classifieds board or the Fountain Pen Geeks um, for sale board. Those are the two places I would send you. I've bought plenty of pens from each. I've never sold one there, but I've purchased, I don't know, six or eight pens from those boards and I've never had an issue. So I'm pretty happy with those. There's something very quickly I wanted to mention. Because mm-hmm. I just got an, the uh, Panchelle's email newsletter. <laughs> they stock uh, arts and sciences. Oh, so Field Notes is new to them. Yeah, they're new. They didn't carry them up until now. They also have Shelterwood and a couple of sort of standard options, but obviously, um, you can. Yeah, t- that's a new thing. We, we you know, you're you. getting ten, ten, ten percent off. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's a good deal. Good deal. All right, so I'm looking up the scribble pen thing. This is great podcast. <laughs> I can't remember the name. All right, so Modern Stationer wants to know about getting started with flex nibs. Good first flex nib pen options. What do you think, Mike? Um, I have no idea. You're sorry. <laughs> the pilot Namiki Falcon. Oh. Yes. Especially. F- <laughs> oh dear. Um. Well, I mean, yes, of course. Yeah. There's no real great modern options for a flex nib. You can get some from Noodlers. They have a steel flex nib. The nib is actually pretty good on those Noodlers pens, but the barrel I've had trouble with. Um, the barrel quality is not there. Um, the ink filling system. It's a piston filler. It's kind of sometimes works so flex nibs pens are really expensive in general so getting started with them you're looking at the pilot namiki falcon or a vintage pen like a waterman or maybe todd um i got a waterman that's very flexy and i like it a lot i still like the 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 pilot uh, falcon far and away the best i mean it's it's really the only way to go and I'm not just saying that because of the sponsor. I mean, there's not, there's honestly not a lot of options. Just for example, if you go to someone like nibs.com, which is John Modishaw's site, who is a well-known um, um, nibmeister, he can work on all kinds of nibs. So if you purchase a pen from him, you can get an added flex option. That's added flex option into the nib on the pen you want is going to cost you more than just buying a Namiki Falcon. So that's a tip right there. But um, some people, but the the nibs that John does are extra, extra flexy. You're going to get a lot of flex out of those. And I mean, it's money well spent for someone who's looking for something like that. But most people don't need that. They need something like the Falcon. And that's what I'd recommend. And it's not close. All right, Mike, what do you do when you first get a new pen? Do you have a cleaning ritual? First thing you write, what do you do? You got a new pen. 
your pin comes in from pin chalet you open the envelope what are you going to do um i well after inking it up you know letting the ink settle a little bit i just grab a field notes notebook to usually turn it to the last page and start writing hello and bonjour quite a lot oh bonjour oh bonjour <laughs> so what i do is i open the package unscrew the pin and run the nib underwater and clean it first. I don't know why. It just seems like I want to avoid that step of, hey, my pen, I just bought this pen and it's not writing great. I don't want there to be any question of why it's not writing great. I want to, I don't want to say, well, did you clean it? No, dump out the ink, then clean it. So I don't do a thorough cleaning, run it under the water, kind of make sure the nib gets cleaned out as much as possible because you never know what happens from manufacturing to you know landing on your desk and then after that i ink it up and then i just uh, start doing scribbles um and then my name on i have this big rhodia pad that i just kind of use for ink testing and uh works out really well so here's our friend just avb that we were talking about i forgot he had a, a question today how about the worst performing ink that you own he nominates noodler's luxury blue so i've never used that ink do you actually do you have an ink, Mike, that you've bought or tested or whatever, and you said, this is horrible, and I can't use it again. Uh, no, I've not bought enough inks, I don't think. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to po- disappoint Davey, too. I There's inks I prefer over others for various reasons, but there's none that I recall, you know, inking up and writing with and then saying that I just cannot use this ink anymore because it does this, you know, either leaks, you know, you know, the feathers just uncontrollably or just has some kind of horrible property to it that I hate um, outside of the color. So I'm going to actually work on this and, and see if I can I can come up with something. I don't have anything off the top of my head, though. There's no there hasn't been an ink that I've, has just been so bad performance wise that, you know, I've completely banished it. So last question, and we'll end it on this, Mike, and we always end on uh, Toffer's questions because he has the best questions. He says, Dowdyism, how about you confront the truth that this podcast is an elaborate joke and you really only ever use Bix? <clears throat> it's the truth, Mike. I, I, I got to come clean today. Um, this is going to be the last ever episode of the Pen Attic Podcast because I've been found out. Um, I have a box of uh, Bix Bix crystals in my desk. Um, I do prefer the blue over black. That's the only pen I use, Mike. Um, I I, I don't know what to say. It's kind of sad to end it like this, but um, now that we've been found out, I, I don't think we can go on with this podcast. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. It's been great talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think we're done. The show is no more. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really agree with that. I, I like doing the show. Uh, you just might, kidding. Just kidding. You're hey, the big addict, right? Coming soon. Big addict coming soon. You know what? If I did this show on my vacation... I'm pretty sure we're coming back next week. 
What do you think about that? I agree. Yeah. So. Thanks. Sorry, Tal- sorry, Toffer. Thanks to sorry. everyone that submitted questions this week. We always love it when you do that. And great, a great way to do it is by getting us up on Twitter. We are at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. Well, Brad is. I'm I-Mike, I-M-Y-K-E. Um, you can, if you want to catch our show notes, go to 5x5.tv slash penaddict slash 113. Um, you can also hit the button there, which will take you to the contact. Uh, well, it allows you to send an email. You press the contact button and you can email... Uh, maybe some longer stuff to Brad, and maybe if it's cool, then we'll read it out on the show. But I think Brad does a pretty good job of responding where needed to. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Pen Addict Podcast. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Pen Chalet, and we'll be back next week. Say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>